and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. He's your favorite Mexican-American Gemini from South Texas. It's Chibi. And she's the lipstick-loving Salvadorican from Brooklyn, New York. It's Rocky. And this is Words and Shit. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Brought to you by Write Art Out. Well, hey, Rocky. Hi, it's been a while. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's been a week, too, technically, you know, but we're glad to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. It was a hard week. I think it was a um, definitely a hard week for so many people, for so many families. Um, I know I had a, a personal hard week uh, within my family as well. And I, you know, for everyone that is watching, you know, like Chibi and I, we we always kind of talk about like how do we start this out, um, and we want to acknowledge the loss, we want to acknowledge the pain and the injustices, um, but we also want to. I think I'm right now. I'm like I've been so, I guess, engrossed in death and pain a lot that I kind of want to talk about joy, mm. right? And how joy specifically in people of color and communities of color are is like is an act of resistance right um mm-hmm. it is revolutionary it is part of the revolution um and i think people sometimes discount it or they forget that joy in itself can bring in peace and it can bring in people and communities together and so i want to start off really with the segment about joy yeah i i i love that because it i mean outside of this particular week it's it's been a hard year and then yeah. some uh, and I think it's these moments where we find like tiny little things about ourselves uh, or tiny little things that bring us joy that we're able to kind of like hang on to, to keep going, to persevering through everything and just uh, finding that joy in the face of so much oppression, of so much bullshit for lack of a better term, um, is a, is, is an act of, of revolution in these days. And so like, I'm curious, you know, because Mm -hmm. I think we've all been living these lives, you know, so many many lives in quarantine, uh, and finding new ways to find joy. So what, what is something, cause like, we all know, like, we know Rocky as the organizer, the administrator, the curator of spaces, right? That's in her wheelhouse. That's what she do and she do so good. But like, <laughs> what is what is like a like an unknown talent or a thing that you like to do that you do well that like brings you joy? First of all, Chibi, I just hope that you're in my life forever and ever because that was a great intro for me. I know I I, I am living for this. You in itself are, is bringing me joy right now um, and in this space. So, wow, what a great <laughs> overall thing about me. I think uh, people, yeah, I think people see a lot of the serious side, side of me. Um, they don't know that I'm actually really silly. Um, and I love to dance. I think dances for me has been a way to de-stress and I'm not I mean like I can't work like my favorite move is like that Tina meme dance or like hey (laughs) (laughs) you know own it own it yeah and I don't care like I don't mind being silly um if it's moving my body and I feel great you know that that is for me it's not really for anyone else that I think (laughs) that and um my one of my favorite things I was thinking about this because we you know we pose this question but complimenting women Really, I think that really brings me joy. Oh. Like 
Yes. And it'd be like random. It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be anything. Like if a girl is like really just pop, her lashes are popping, her nails are popping. Cause I know I'm like, yo, I see you. I see you. You went and spent like that money on those like nice fancy Speaking nails. Speaking of nails. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I think it's just so beautiful when other women, um, or other femmes or other people in our community, like really just give out those compliments. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it makes me feel good. And it's, and especially like, they just like are unexpected. And it just, I think we are in that moment of sharing joy. Like I see you, you see me and we are in support of each other. I don't know you, but in this five seconds, let's uplift each other. And I think mm-hmm. that is one of my favorite things to do. I have to say, I, I have to be really careful when I give compliments because uh, for those that are unfamiliar with the other things I do, I also do makeup. And uh, sometimes I'm just like staring at someone. <laughs> And then they like catch me staring. And I was like, I just love your skin. And that yeah. can sound really creepy. <laughs> uh, outside of the context of I do makeup, I'm appreciating, you know, what you have done with your beautiful skin. Uh, this is not a, it puts the lotion on its skin moment. I promise yeah. <laughs> this is coming from a moment of appreciation and also knowing how much you worked, you know, the effort that you put into like creating this beautiful skin that is now out and about and showcasing its fabulous self, right? I know. So that's why I know when my eyebrows be popping and you say that my eyebrows are popping, I'm like, wow, he really means that. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so like for, you know, like for me, you, like you just kind of went on a list for yourself or, if, you know, for people who don't know Chibi and how, not the how dare you, but like, where have you been? Because Chibi's amazing. Chibi's been everywhere um, in the best ways possible. Um, you know, you are definitely an amazing host. You're a poet, you, you know, makeup artist. You're out here as an activist as well for um, your community. And yeah, so what are the talents that, that people don't know about you? That what brings you joy? Okay, so recently cooking is bringing me so much joy and I am like, growing as someone in the kitchen who can handle their way in the kitchen. Um, But this has been, this is a little unknown fact uh, and a little hard for me to admit and has been a talent of mine since I was a child. I am a Pokemon master. (gasps) Okay. You gotta tell me everything. (laughs) Oh my God. Pokemon trading cards is where it's at. This is a a guilty pleasure of mine and my husband's. uh, And uh, we've recruited other family members into it. Um, So yeah, we we still partake in the Pokemon trading cards. We we still build decks. We still uh, compete against each other. And I am really good okay i'm just saying that's and and it's this moment of joy where it's like it's such a small thing you know it's so detached from the real world like i'm a man in my 30s right but to just have this moment where we can just sit down we can play cards we can just like enjoy space together you know i love strategy games and things like that uh so yeah i'm putting it out there i'm a pokemon Pokemon trading card game nerd slash master. You have no idea. I just learned how to play like two days ago. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is a whole nother conversation that we're going to have where we're going to need to bring these worlds together because outside of me, my husband, 
uh, our cousin and her husband, we yeah. got no one to play against because I'm not going to these tournaments where I'm probably going to get my ass kicked by an 11 year old. Like that's not happening. Okay. So I need adults. If you're an adult out there that plays Pokemon, please come. Um, any hoozle. So <laughs> that's bringing me a lot of joy recently. Um, I'm curious to know for anybody that's watching, like what are some of the little things in your life that are bringing you joy? I think we got Kansas City in the house. We got Florida. We got North Carolina, Oklahoma. Um, what are some unknown talents? What are some other things that like you do outside of what you do that brings you joy that you are exceptionally good at? Uh, because our guest tonight is a man of many talents, a man of many hats that one wears. Uh, and I am so excited to jump into a conversation with him. Rocky, tell us a little bit about who we're featuring tonight. Of course, I am so excited to introduce Akeem Olaj, can, who can be called a modern day Renaissance man. He was one of the founding members of the New Orleans Youth Slam and Slam New Orleans Team Snow. What? Um, and in winners of the 2010 National Group Peace Competition and the 2012 and 2013 winners of the National Poetry Slam Competition, they are no joke. All right. Mm. Um, other titles that he won with Team Snow include the 2016 Southern Fried Team Poetry Champion, um, so Southern Fried Family in the House. And the 2016 and the 2017 Southwest Regional Poetry Slam, the 2017 Red Stick Regional Poetry Champion, and because it's a long list, because you know, and this is us cutting it down. Stacks on stacks <laughs> on stacks, yes. <laughs> um, is that he was one of the winners in a three-way tie at the 2019 Individual World Poetry Slam competition. So please, 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 if you can give a round of applause, welcome our our poet Akeem. Hello. Hello. How's everyone doing? Hello. How are you doing, Akeem? Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Oh, no problem. I'm doing okay. Just was working and now I'm I'm here. Yay. Uh, I, yes. love, I love that Abby said in the comment section that uh, she does salsa dancing is something she's good at that brings her joy. Is there <laughs> something you're good at that people don't know about that brings you joy? Um, I'm really good at martial arts, mm -hmm. and that's something I really like doing. Um, I haven't been able to do it because of the quarantine, but um, I'm vaccinated now, so I'm about to start getting into shape so I could go back to that. This is the Vax Pack up here, all three of us ready to go. <laughs> yes. Yes. Congratulations! Congratulations! Um, do you know which, uh, well, obviously, you know which vaccine you were. Yeah, I got the Moderna. I got both my shots. I'm I'm like all the way done. Yay! Double dosed and ready. I'm to just go. waiting for my booster shot. Whenever they get done figuring <laughs> out all the variants, that's the only thing I'm waiting on. Yeah, because you know we're going we're going back. We're going to have we're going to have some variants. That's that's oh. going to happen. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm, I'm I'm curious. You mentioned martial arts. Uh, which do you, which specifically uh, do you practice? Okay, so I have a black belt in Tang Sudo. Okay. Um, a black belt in Taekwondo. Okay. And I'm a green belt in ninjutsu. I stopped ninjutsu when I moved to Austin from New Orleans. Okay, so this is serious, serious here. My my brother is huge into martial arts, so I'm I'm vaguely familiar with all of it. Uh, but yeah, that's double black belt and a green belt. Okay. 
No, that is impressive. That's super, super impressive. All right. Thank you for sharing that with us. Sorry, if people were seeing this, I don't have ghosts. Um, <laughs> 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 it's going down at Raquel's house. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, I don't have ghosts. I think it's just uh, we're using too many lights. Uh, for this session right now, let me unplug some stuff. Sorry, thank you for being patient with me. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when you're in quarantine. Um, but no, I wanted to say, um, yeah, um, I basically wanted to say, um, hold on. <laughs> There's so much happening right now. I love it. This is amazing. This is what happens when you're live, people. Yes, yes, yes. I know. If you had any question of whether or not we were actually live, uh -huh. it's happening. Answer that. It's actually happening. I will going back to the martial arts thing. I would just say I think the highest I got was a green belt in Goshen Jitsu. That was that okay. was all I did. And then at 12 years old, I was like, I don't like hitting people. <laughs> and, and Well, that's the thing. I yeah. really don't like hitting people either. Um, mm -hmm. I actually don't believe in fighting for sport. Mm -hmm. um, I'm naturally a pacifist. So um, me actually being a martial arts was because I used to get jumped a lot growing mm -hmm. up. Like, uh, because I didn't want to fight. My mom was like, well, you're going to have to learn how to do something or, or you're going to be getting beat up all the time. So... Um, I really just use it as a last result. I, I've only had the result to it, I think, maybe three times in my life. Mm. That's about it. So let it be known for all the haters and homophobes out in the audience, don't <laughs> fucks with this yeah. man. Oh, man. I'd rather you not tell them. <laughs> or do. No, just let them know, you know, so then they can learn their lessons, right? That's the thing. Like, well, I'm going to have to give them a warning before I attack anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it is, it is. Uh, it's very fight. illegal for me to actually fist fight. Yeah, because you have a black belt, right? That's like you are considered two of them. like two legit. <laughs> oh, two a legit lethal weapon. <laughs> Sorry, it was, it was between the ghosts and the vacuum that I. <laughs> I think you need to add that to your bio. Akeem Olaj, legit lethal weapon, is an mm -hmm. <laughs> you know spoken word artist, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. Oh man. Well, thank you for sharing that tip, Ed, and thank y'all for being patient with me. That's oh, no problem. It is this pandemic. Um, this but yeah, so, oh, I know. I feel like you already have been sharing like the space with us, and we we're learning so much about you. So let's just jump in. You know, um, you're gonna share intimate um, things about yourself, and we already considered you friends. Um, so. I would like to ask you, so how's your heart today? You know, how's your heart? How's your heart been this week, this this month, this year? Like you can start anywhere. Um, I'm fine. I'm doing good. Um, I'm just right now real focused on working, focused on studying for a, um, a test in order for me to get my license in architecture so I could get paid more money. So that's hey. kind of what I'm um, leaning towards right now since poetry and outside is kind of close. Um, so I'm like, I can't be out there being a poet, so I'm just going to be an architect because that's all I can do from the confines of my house. Mm. Um, so been focusing on that. Um, just enjoying my first year being married. That's always fine. Mm. Um, well, 
Yeah, my heart's fine. Like my niece just was born a month ago. Um, I know little babies in the world. Yes, I, I got the whole like her first day. Uh, my sister sends me a picture almost every other day, so it's it's a wonderful new blessing. Mm. Um, I really don't have any complaints. Like I let yeah. go all the negative people in my life at the beginning of the, of the pandemonium. So mm. I'm good now. <laughs> yeah. Especially in this time where it's like, we're already limited as to who and how we interact. It's like, Oh, yeah, I, I let go those that. negative people in, in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Love it's it. Hot. Hot. Oh, thank you. Someone said congratulations. Abby says congratulations. Abby's all up in it. So um, after a little check-in, we like to do this little segment where if anyone's watching where they don't know you um, very well, we like to uh, like have them get to know you before we jump into the poetry. It's a segment that we call speed dating. So mm-hmm. we're just going to ask a series of questions. Feel free to answer them as concisely or in-depthly as you feel is necessary to answer the questions, okay? So first question is, who is your favorite female superhero? Miss Marvel. The original Miss Marvel. Okay. okay. The black one. That's from New Orleans. <laughs> I, have to be, I have to be really specific. I'm not gonna call her any Spectre or uh or Photon. Her name is Miss Marvel, the original one. The black Bam. The one the one that I grew up on. There right you go. There. Okay. Teach them children. Okay. Teaching me some stuff. Yeah. I'm the it's me. I'm the children. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay, so my question is. Who would you want to spend one dinner with? Either they can be someone that has already passed or they're alive. Just have an interesting conversation with. Oh, let's see. I would say Janet Jackson. Oh. (laughs) Because that's a story. Yes. (laughs) I find her as like a, a very interesting person and lived a very interesting life and She's so private, so I'm like, I I would like to get to know more. It's like mm. she's a she's a Earth the Kit mystery. I like that analogy. Yes, I like that analogy. Producers, did you hear that? Can you get Janet Jackson on the line, please? Thank you. Please, please. <laughs> All right, next question. This is my favorite. I ask everybody, what is your favorite dish? Mm. Crawfish. Hey! Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Follow up question has to be asked. Like traditional Cajun crawfish, Viet Cajun crawfish, like that's only one kind of way you can cook crawfish. <laughs> all, all these other, all these other variations that Texans been been trying to do. I'm like, there's only <laughs> one way you could cook crawfish, and it's the Cajun way. Any other way is just uncivilized. Honestly, oh. like if I'm just being like honest with you about it is any other way is uncivilized so i don't understand what other ways like what what i, I need to know <laughs> we, we we can have a follow-up conversation about this but yes mm-hmm. yes there are some people out there that might fight you for it and clearly would lose in a fight because you have two black belts and they <laughs> <laughs> well they could also have two black belts you never know things could be just interesting yeah mm. But they will have to notify you. 
kind of notify each other. And I think that would be like, hmm, do we want to get into this? All right, all right. Um, so our last question, my last question, you know, um, what mundane routine or thing that you do has really brought you jo joy during this quarantine? I've really gotten into cutting and styling my own hair. Because like before, um, like when I had dreadlocks, I used to do my own hair. Um, I had an afro before I had dreadlocks and I kind of did it, but didn't really, you know, I just like let it grow. But now I've gotten real into like just really taking care of it. Um, I actually went bald from like the stress of working and working three jobs and trying to survive in New Orleans. Yeah. And um, doing quarantining, after I let go all those negative people in my life at the beginning, mm -hmm. all my hair grew back. So now I have like a full headed hair, just... Yeah. You know, I actually just started cheats because I'm like, let me see if I could try something to make it even more thicker and more flourishing. So that's been working. Um, so I've been that's something real, real mundane and uh, superficial that I've been finding so much joy in. Just I love that. Let me know if it works because my genetics are 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 kicking in, and I'm it like, does. <laughs> I can All say right. it does. It Boom. does. I love that. I think a lot of us has, have given ourselves some very serious COVID cuts in the past year, but I love yes. that you've gone beyond just like the traditional COVID cut and like really just embraced it and started styling and doing your own thing. So mm -hmm. props to you. All right. All right. So that was just a brief introduction to Akeem Olaj. We've got so much more that we're going to dive into after the featured set. But at this point, uh, we want to transition into the poetry. Uh, before we do, I do want to say to anybody that is watching out in Facebook, Landia or YouTubeville, use the comment section, y'all. We're watching it. Use it to show some love. Use it to interact. Use it to ask your own questions. Maybe there's something you've wanted to ask Akeem for a while now. You know, so drop it in there. We'll make sure to ask the, those questions. So use it. We're watching it. Um, that's all I got to say about that. All that being said, um, Akeem, if you could please give us some give us some poetry. The stage is yours, my friend. All righty. Black boy caught between the crossroad of hate. One side calls me a nigger. One side calls me a faggot. When they cross, the often look like black queer boy burnt alive by his mother in Jamaica. Black queer boy shot in his head by his father in Nevada because he rather have a dead son as opposed to a gay son. Black queer boy shot in his head in rural Louisiana because the white people would rather have a dead nigga as opposed to a gay one. Often look like black queer boy homeless after coming out to his parents sleeping on the streets of New Orleans or Atlanta or Washington, D.C. It looks like black queer boy gets jumped at school in New York, in Chicago, in Los Angeles. It looks like a death in rural Alabama. It looks like a lynching in Tampa. The intersection between black and queer look like a black boy bash until he meets God early. But the details of his death would never be newsworthy unless he experiences a resurrection. So that was my first poem. So I've been working on magic tricks. Um, because I'm not that magical, the only thing I really know how to do is write. So I've been practicing turning my blackness into haikus. It's magic, watch. Um, 
to be a black man is to be a body bag minus the toe tag, all right? Or to be black from the South is to love pain, love struggle, but never yourself. Or to think racism will die is to love like a masochist while chained. Or times have changed. Turns out if you point out racism, you're also racist. Or turns out that only applies to black people before being shot by white men or names become chants, then hashtags, it's magic, how we hoped to resurrect death. See, I once believed that I was made out of magic, that one day I would close my eyes and all my problems would go away, that I would be able to pull blessings from a hat like rabbits, believe that my life would make an awfully good TV show, a boy that falls from a building without a safety net, a boy with no food at home but the basics so he learned how to turn flour, eggs, and milk into 15 different meals as if it was a hex, change the reality of malnutrition into full bellies as if it was a Thanos finger snap, even if this chemistry is still magic at best, a wish turned desire turned reality, my magic would be practical, would be used to clean my home, fill my refrigerator with groceries, what else? I got it. My magic would be used to stop all rapists from existing, would be used to make all Confederates, KKK, and all white hate group congregate for a picnic if a sinkhole opens and swallows them whole. My magic would make me levitate, would make me possess all powers from all the X-Men, would delete my existence from Sally Mae and Navian, clear out all college debt, and add a few zeros to my bank account. My magic would make me fly, would make all black things fly and not a dead angel would make it so black people could wear a mask during a pandemic and not be confused for a criminal for a black person to exist period and not be automatically confused for a criminal my magic would change the reality that if you're black you could be quarantined at home jogging going to the grocery store and still have your body riddled with bullets as if our existence was the actual disease my magic would make it so no one would be mistaken for a cadaver because the police decided to invade the wrong address my magic would be a flashback, would be that time when Pickaboo went from childhood spectacle to reality. Now you see your father's clothes and pictures, then now you don't. I think I get my magic from my father. He's the best at showing me how to disappear, make a creature appear inside my mother's room, then turn invisible when it's time to raise it. My magic was augmented from my mother, showed me that black kid exists without equal in poverty, without equal in a life lived vibrantly before you die. Look how the world loved the magic of black entertainment how everyone steals from black culture but won't monetize claim that sympathize but when shit hit the fan black people are often left standing by ourselves my magic would be the realization that if i can't depend on anyone it's because i never tried to depend on myself my magic is that i'm finally myself black as fuck human as fuck free as fuck existing thriving regardless of who might get upset magic of a black boy now a man surviving a tightrope without a safety net. So it's something that I've been essentially paying attention to my entire life, um, just growing up Black in New Orleans. It seems like the entire world wants Black people to be magical. Um, they want us to be human, but not human at the same time. Um, and I've been trying to 
figure out a way how to kind of come to terms with that. Um, Magic, that last poem was like my latest innovation in that journey. Um, I'm going to go back to the first iteration of me experimenting with um, why Black people are considered magic and what exactly is that magic and um, what is expected of Black people uh, from this country. Black boy moves to flee racism and fines. That hate has frequent flyer miles to spare. It shows itself in the form of a ticket for doing the speed limit. I'm surrounded by oak trees, so naturally when this white police officer calls me boy, my neck itches. He calls me boy again and I answered how I'm trained with a, yes sir, I cooperate. I do not argue. Don't give a reason to be made an example of, I feel like I'm trapped in 1829 because I only feel American about three-fifths of the time. To grow up a black boy in America is to exist while others believe that your blood would make the grass grow, as if we were made of magic. Even when we become a man that would still refer to us as boy, shoot us without blinking if you're in your local park and you're holding the wrong toys told you're less american by whites because you were born the wrong color told you can't call yourself an african american by people from africa because you wasn't born there at all told you just this bastard melting pot black that must give your dna to the government to figure out what country you came from black look you just all anger look you just all rage look why you always gotta be so black why you always gotta be so othered the other human the other whites the other name turned into a hashtag before a college graduate black boy don't believe what they tell you like you're not supposed to feel or cry or feel any other emotion besides pride in evoking a clutch purse but this is nothing special nor an accomplishment because if a black boy graduates from college and the police mistakenly kill him they will search his instagram from the most niggardly image of his likeness because he was nothing special he never had any accomplishments after all he's black in america He's a ticking time bomb, an inmate number waiting to be processed, a cadaver that has somehow escaped his body bag. Black boys never feel pain. Black boys never break. We are not allowed to break, but black boys break. Black boys, we break often when falls or abandoned position. We break. We're called a nigga by a random right. We break when police profile. We break when black people profile. We break. To be a black boy at this moment in time is to have all your bones broken and still be expected to stand. It's to be a nice little Negro. No need to talk about your feelings in private because black boy, you black. You don't have a right to your feelings in private. You criminal boy. You need Jesus. Yes, that's it. We need a Caucasian man born in the Middle East, Jesus. Make sure they fear you. Give them a reason to claim to stand their ground and send a black boy off to see Jesus. But America, you're going to weep every dead body you sow. Even though black boys are made out of magic, our blood will not make your motherfucking grass grow. All right, so I have one last poem. Um, so quick story before this poem. Um, that last poem I just performed is actually on YouTube. It was published by Button Poetry, I want to say mm, three, four years ago. I've rewritten it since then, so it sounds different than the 
online version, but I remember I performed it in New Orleans at a Black Lives Matter rally. And a white man, you know how white people just feel like they're bold, especially racist white people. It's something that like they feel like it's almost like they feel like their dicks are bigger than two inches. But it, it really is. It's just like a micro penis. And they have no choice but to try to inflict their micro penis emotions on other people. Um, so after him be perform this Caucasian man asked me um, for a happy black poem. So I wrote that poem, this happy black poem for me. And if you don't like it, you don't like yourself. So a white man drenched in his first amendment rights saw a poem of mine and say he wished that I wrote about the joys of being black. Me, a black man, well-versed in how a white wish granted off the equates the black silence asked, do you want to know what I wish? I wish you picked that piece of kale out of your teeth. I wish you didn't mistake any black person for some magical genie to grant you passage on your white privilege. I wish you wouldn't mistake me keeping calm in the face of your bigotry with me believing in non-violence when the only wish my mother taught me to have was the wish of fuck a word. I too wish I could write about the joys of being black. Like, I wish I could write my story without mentioning your language that I have to write it in. Like, I wish you would take this pack of breath mints because you really need them. Your breath smells like the bombing of Black Wall Street. Like, that's where all Black dreams of financial independence go in order to die. I wish this poem would make a white person, any white person, as uncomfortable and nervous as a Walmart in El Paso when a white man enters. An outdoor concert in Las Vegas with a white man watching from his hotel room. Uh, black people praying in church when a random white man comes and basically whenever a white man enters, I wish I could be safer for you. To be the perfect artist, to only talk about roses and love and sex. I wish I could be Mobo Jingles and less Nina Simone. The grin wide, the shuck and jive, to only exist in a room full of people that don't look like me and be happy regardless. You know, that say that means you made it as a black artist. When white people tolerate your black face, even though you're not rallying any blackface when the white person asks for a happy black poem. Don't want to forget that over 400 years of racial transgressions when you say you want the good and black. I think you want to know where I go to the dentist. Want to know what type of mouthwash I use? Listerine. When you say you want the good and black, I take you, you want to know how we age and not appear to crack. The answer, mind your fucking business. Drink water. Coco, I can't give you all of our secrets. So, just say black people are magic. Yes, you already believe black people are magic. How else would you explain us not burning down this country years ago? And your teeth are really yucky. I couldn't concentrate on my rebuttal all the way through. Thank you so much. I have one more poem for y'all. Um, it's going to be coming a little bit later. But that is my set for now. Applause, 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 applause.
No, that was that was very powerful. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it just left me really just speechless. I, I thank you. Thank you. And the audience is very much on par. We've got a lot of love coming through in the comment section. A lot of applause. A lot of I love you some. A lot of I miss seeing Akeem. All of it. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Mm. It's just even the way that you, you know, deliver and it's the candidates of it. And it's just, it hits. Like, I think every time when I was like listening, you know, um, obviously I know that, you know, some of your poems are not for me or for Tibby. And, but I'm glad that at least I can be able to listen to your words. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. So let me ask you then, uh, because like I've I've seen you perform in the past, you know, like and every time that you do perform, um, you perform with your whole body, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, I've it been is... learning how to stand still during the quarantine. I've been like, I'm like, I'm standing here like, don't move, don't. Move. Well, that that's my question because like you perform head to toe. It is it, it is all of you in every poem. So like, how has adapting to performing or competing? I don't know how much competing you've been doing in the past year. Uh, it, but how has that adaptation to the virtual world been for you? Um, I've competed in a one well two poetry slams. Um, the Poetry Olympics that Justin Lamb hosted. Um, that was that's like a yearly New Orleans tradition where poets from the New Orleans community sign up to do like limericks, haikus, mm. um, reading a cover poem, doing a two-minute poem, you know, just like random different poem types, and you have different categories that you compete in, and yeah. each one is a point system. You get like gold, like medals and things like that. Um, I did that. That was pretty fun, um, mostly because it was essentially like a big old Team Snow online reunion because it was like a hey. lot of online <laughs> Team Snow members. Um, so that was just real, real cool. And I did um, the Just Listen with um, Akeem Rollins, mm -hmm. Akeem with the big K. Um, it's, it's, he holds a Chris Slam series, and he's actually talking about trying to do like a, a regional in person about that COVID. Hopefully, it's like on its way out. Um, but he, he's been basically doing something for just queer poets in the community just so we could have something to congregate together and share our poetry. And he actually decided to do an online slam with the renter, you know, renting up to like 600 to $800 sometimes mm -hmm. um, in the season. So it was pretty mm -hmm. cool. I did both of those and I had to learn how to stay still. Um, because like, I, I'm the type of person that want to move. So one thing that helped me is like, even though I know half my poems by, you know, by heart, still have the poem up and read the poem. So that way I have to stay still because I'm mm -hmm. not, you know, I'm not back in my own thing doing all this crazy stuff. I have to stay still and just go through the poem and perform it. Yeah, yo, that transcript life is real. Like I, I have loved that about the virtual space where it's like, <laughs> oh, my memory I... has taken a break. <laughs> oh yes, I used to be able to do like um, three different hours, you know, one hour sets and everything all in my head. My brain is on break mode. <laughs> That's good though. Like you know what I mean. I think it definitely allows you to not just you know just to really focus and emphasize on those words, and you know having your little cheat sheets with like breathe, you know, like <laughs> do this and do that, um, where you wouldn't you had to memorize. So no, um, 
I also want to say that, you know, from what we've heard and what I've known about you, uh, you write a lot of very personal and somewhat, you know, some would say more traditionally private content in your work. Uh, where does the comfort or peace come from in being able to share that side of yourself with an audience? Um, it's a little bit me having been in therapy since I was 17. Mm -hmm. So all these issues that I'm talking about and I'm sharing with people, I've already excuse me, I've already worked on properly. I've already worked through, um, it's very, it's very, like, every time I mention like a family member in any of my poems, they have heard that poem, um, mm -hmm. or they know that this poem exists. So um, it's not really, so after, like, well, let me put it like this. Once I've worked through it and I'm okay with it, it's very hard for anyone else to, criticize me and for me to care. Like you you can criticize me. Of course, anybody could criticize my, my, my poetry and my work, but I also don't really care because I've already worked through those issues and this poem is just a representation of that, those issues. And because most of the time they're private poems, I have, I'm not trying to put them in books. I'm not trying to get them published. These are just like my, you know, my little private little poems that I keep to myself. Um, when I do features and things, it's more like the feature you just saw. I don't really talk about my private life as much because turns mm -hmm. out when you do the features, people don't want to hear that. Um, so I had to learn how to adapt and like learn um, like when to take some things out for a feature, when to add some things in um, that's extremely personal. But um, that's one of the things I really like about Slam because when you're doing the Slam, I could talk about my personal stuff and it kind of doesn't matter what the crowd wants or not because I get to say whatever I want. Um, so it's not like I'm doing a feature where they're expecting me to do something erotic or, you know, something like that. It's like I always have to, when, when, and I'm sure, Chibi, you know this, whenever you're traveling and doing shows, you kind of have to conform your poetry to whatever show is going on a little mm -hmm. bit. But yeah. in poetry slams, I just don't fucking do that. And it's like an actual like little bit of freedom. Um, that's probably why I'm still in it um, after all these years because I've been doing poetry slam since I was 17, 16. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And I'm 34 now, so half my life. Yeah. Half, yeah. yeah, I was going to say half of your life. It's been in slam. You know, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't think you're the first poet nor will be the last one who says like that three minutes and 10 seconds or, you know, if you go over time and you don't care about the time penalty, you know. <laughs> you so, got that time penalty money? <laughs> um, also, this is yeah. the thing. I don't care about slam that much, but I also care enough to be like, if I'm going to enter a competition, I'm going to play by the rules and I'm going to make sure my my time is in. Like, I'm going to, if that's a game to be played, I'm going to play that game. I'm not going to be like, oh, fuck this, fuck that, fuck that, because why? Like, why would you go there disrespect? Why would you go somewhere to, to, to perform in this competition and while you're there, you're disrespecting the competition, then why are you there? Oh, um, yeah. Like, for like, when people say, oh, I don't like slam, then I would don't say don't slam. Like, don't do something. You, I'm not going to suggest anybody do anything they don't like. Uh, but also, don't shit on anybody else that chooses to slam because yeah. it's their, you know, it's their particular life. If you yeah. decide not to do it, that's all great, and that's great for you. No, no, but yeah, all this. But I just wanted to say, yeah, it was when you're on that stage, like nobody can tell you anything, right? Mm -hmm. No, and I think um, as especially when you're in your 30s, 
maybe for me i'm like i just entered my 30s um oh you stopped giving a fuck yeah. yes i used yes. to care and like you can talk to members of teams know about this i used to care about other people's opinions on my work so yeah. much especially with me like winning national poetry slam so early in my career um i like was letting people say oh i can't write i can't make myself sound like I'm Southern. I have to make sure I take out my accent and all, like all these things I was doing when I first started performing because I thought I had to do. And now I'm like, fuck that. You're going to get this Louisiana <laughs> draw. You're going to get what, whatever the fuck I give you. And, uh -huh. that, and you're going to be satisfied and that's it. Does your, does, <laughs> your opinion, does your opinion pay my bills? Does your opinion make my husband happy? No. No. <laughs> fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> I really appreciate what you said too about um, how when you've gotten to this point where you've worked through it with your mm -hmm. therapist, you feel freer to write about it. You you know like you feel freer to kind of like express yourself, and it's not like the poem. It, it's this idea of like poetry can be therapeutic, but poetry is not therapy. It should not substitute the one right so i really appreciate i, I would say it helps because like mm -hmm. some things i've talked to my therapist about and then i didn't and then i came up with like other things and other solutions as i was actually writing the poem mm -hmm. um um the woman of the world champion her name is ayana robinson um she's an awesome poet she has a poem about you know this exact same topic about poets with therapy and she was like, poetry could be both. It could be the cause for therapy and a, a solve mm. or a bomb. It could be all those things. It's up to you to decide what you want to do, but it's it's going to be yours regardless. And no one, you shouldn't stop doing that just because people might judge you for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. Poetry can be a tool to help in the therapeutic process, mm -hmm. um, but I'll, I think if using it as like the crutch that's going to like get you through something is is putting a lot on yourself too. You know, to where like you're relying on yourself to be able to get yourself through something. So I appreciate the comment of you know like you you have both right the poetry mm -hmm. that helps you, but you also have the trained professional that helps you, you know, work through it all. Um, on a much more joyous subject, you uh, got married last year. Yes. Congratulations. Um, I know that a wedding during a pandemic is probably not the ideal wedding, but- um, But this is the thing. Tell My us. My wedding was supposed to happen on March the 20th. Oh. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> no. Everything was paid for. Oh. We had the tuxes. We had the, the honeymoon set. Everything was set and ready to go. And on the 14th is when mm -hmm. the country shut down. Mm -hmm. Of course. You couldn't fly anywhere. We had to like cancel the whole thing. So we was like, do we want to have a pandemic wedding where we having people travel from everywhere and risk getting sick just to be in our happiness and we was like mm -hmm. we'll just go to a courthouse and just leave it at that uh we have already lost the money so it's like it's not like any, like no one was giving us our money back so it's like we've lost all that money i'm not about to save that money to try to pay that money again yeah so it's just <laughs> it's just gone yeah so now we have like fly things to get married in that we've never worn so we're just waiting for <laughs> 
uh, a real <laughs> snazzy occasion to break that up. Hey, the excuse mm. to do it. You you were able to take a little honeymoon. I, I do remember seeing something like that or a little yes. getaway. Yes, right? in Austin. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know, you do what you can and where you can. Uh, we literally was like, where well, we just going to, since we couldn't go, we was originally supposed to go to Avalon Island, which is off the coast of Los Angeles. Okay. Um, so since we can't do that, I went by the lake in um, like Lake Travis. I can't think of mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. Lake Travis. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful. They have houses and mansions on there. And someone was like having mm-hmm. a honeymoon suite where you was like on the top floor where you could like see everything. So oh. it was $400, but I'm like, I only need one night. So it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes so interesting to see you know all these stories about like love and trying to still like celebrate all that during a quarantine i you know i props to you for still getting married and be like you know what what matters is as us right Mm -hmm. um like like no one was there it was just us two and the and the judge Mm, so cute. Did you have like matching masks? I don't like. Did you do <laughs> oh, no. at least? No, we, was, we, can, we look. We made a a date out of us getting married because we had to get married in Killeen because Austin um, marriage law was backed up, and that's this barbecue restaurant that me and my husband loves in Killeen. So uh, we made it a whole date. So we like went to Killing, went to the, the barbecue place, got married, went to the park. You know. Then we went to a man, the Mongolian. They had like a Mongolian restaurant. We went there, mm-hmm. and then we drove back to, to Austin to our honeymoon suite. Mm-hmm. So it was like mm-hmm. an event day for just us doing. It. I mean, that's 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 a beautiful way to do it. I know the day that we went to the court and got married, it was like we've now got, made it officially married. And now what are we going to do? We're going to go eat crawfish because that's what we do. You talked about crawfish earlier, mm-hmm. you know, and we're just going to spend the day together. So um, I think it's 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 a wonderful way to even though it isn't the ideal and all the bullshit that went into like, fuck those businesses that didn't want to give you back your money. Mm-hmm. Um but it is this ultimate celebration of just like the union of the two of you. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. uh, the epitome of like, what matters is the two of you together. Um, How has, how has your first year of marriage been, you know, considering you're around each other 24 seven in a pandemic, you know, has it just been the most joyous? (laughs) I mean, we wish we could go somewhere um, Mm -hmm. like more places. Um, we had cabin fever, like around Valentine's Day. We was like, look, we need to get out for Valentine's Day for a minute. <laughs> so we was like, we don't care if we have to go somewhere local. So um, I had a show in Dallas. So it was like, okay, we're going to be in Dallas for a few days and just like, just get away from our apartment. And mm-hmm. then that's when the snowstorm happened. And then we have to come back to Austin. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, like, so it was like, uh, it's... We we talked about it the other day. Like we really need to sit down, press record on our phone, and just talk about all the times we tried to go someplace since we've been married and how COVID has like stopped us in one way or another. <laughs> like for my birthday, we was trying to go to Washington, Washington, DC, mm. but the insurrection happened. You know what I'm saying? It was like it was just always, <laughs> it was just always something. My husband, my husband and I have a saying, it's like, this is what I get for leaving the house. Yeah. Like anytime we try, like some bullshit happens or it's like, this is what I get it for was, leaving It the was house. just always something. It was, <laughs> it was, so it, 
Like, I feel like it just needs to be like a novella, a book, something like that. Just uh, Jiminy Cricket's of unfortunate events, something. <laughs> no, you should definitely do that. I think um, definitely record it. You know how like people have like their, their I guess like those um, things that you do, like eat your cake after a year or you gift each mm -hmm. other, like different stuff after five years. Definitely you should have that as a gift. Like after five or 10 years, be like, let's listen to this recording of this wild time when we were in this pandemic. <laughs> It's like, wow, we've, been, we've gone to so many places since then. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, obviously, we were reading your, your bio and, you know, husband is like one of your new hats that you wear. Um, but you wear many, many hats. Um, and like as a man of many hats and talents, um, you just came off of being um, a, came off of being tournament director of I'm so sorry. My mouth is like. <laughs> it's a uh, whoops, right? And then mm -hmm. also the individual like poetry slam as well. Um, so, which do you think is the harder? International poetry slam. Oh, international. So sorry, sorry. Yeah. International poetry slam. Uh, which do you think is harder, or which do you prefer, being on stage or being behind this uh, the scenes? Now I really do like being behind the scenes a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm still gonna perform again on stage because I'm like, while I'm young and my name hot in the streets, I gotta like keep on performing. Um, I'm gonna like rate to people really don't want to listen to me anymore before I go full flash. I'm just the organizer. But as long <laughs> as people still willing to listen, I'm still gonna be performing. But I really, especially since I've won just about every poetry slam, uh, adult male can win. Oh yeah, you know, no big deal. So it's. <laughs> it's nothing like well nationally speaking like yeah so i've won every national title that um, a man can win and i've won southern fry which is one of the, the you know my my super regional the second biggest competition mm -hmm. so it's really i'm just doing it for shits and giggles uh, <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I really like um, making sure younger poets have the opportunity to do what I did, like get on stage, perform, hone your craft, make sure these competitions are still going. Because since the collapse of um, PSI, it's up to um, mm -hmm. poets in order to throw these events for or they don't happen. Like no one's going to do it for us but us. Um, so... I'm kind of, kind of slowly but surely just getting some people that's willing to do the work to try to put together something, even if it's you hold it one year, I hold it the next year, just to make sure that it's still going until we can get something more formally organized. Yeah. Just so people, just so it won't stop, because the worst thing you could do is just let what happened with PSI in Poetry Slam, because they wasn't the beginning mm -hmm. of Poetry Slam, so I don't think that should be the end of Poetry Slam. Yeah, yeah. and especially right now where. You know, like I've, we've we've had conversations with people that like came up in like uh, Brave New Voices and Cupsy and things like that. Where I you came have up a whole Brave New Voices and then Brave New Voices. Mm -hmm. I went to adults and I was, I yeah. Get, like my at the time, <laughs> Southern schools didn't really participate in Cupsy, so yeah. Like I went to a Southern school, so I just was slamming with adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's why like we have this like generation of people that have like grown through Slam that for it to just kind of like fall apart um it would would be a tragedy and it's a shame because like you know is it the end all be all absolutely not but is it an avenue you know is it is it a tool to refine your craft is it just a a place for expression absolutely mm -hmm. and it is so important 
for something like that, for spaces to be held for people to be able to like experience that. Or just, um, to, co- just to communicate with your contemporaries. Cause mm-hmm. like how often do you really get a chance to be around other poets for an entire week? Mm-hmm. Like in, now that we're in the pandemic, you really feel it. So like at, <laughs> at, at IPS and Ralph's, the poets was just so excited just to be around other poets. And I was like, we can't just let that die because if nobody, I mean, it's us. <laughs> yeah, if we, if we don't do it, nobody else is going to. So shout out to all the organizers out there and the producers who are continuing to put these things together. Um, and hats off to you. I know we talked briefly after WALPS, and I think it had been like a week, and you were like, I am still recovering <laughs> from WALPS and IPS and all of that. So shout mm-hmm. out uh, to you for putting in the work. It is clearly appreciated. Shout out to Candy and the Dallas Poetry Slam, because they did the, the bulk of the work. I just mm-hmm. stepped in when they needed me to fill that mm-hmm. role because they needed mm-hmm. someone that actually knew how a slam tournament works to be the tournament director because they've last year they had a lot of complaints about you know the tournament director so it's like we have to get somebody that that really knows <laughs> who's been doing it for seventeen years yeah. yes yeah. yes like, no, no no biggie. Uh, Let me ask you then, speaking of man of many hats uh, Mm -hmm. and many talents. So uh, you mentioned- Oh, did I say candy? I have to make sure I say candy. You did say candy. Okay, just making sure. (laughs) Y'all, y'all, she's dropping Easter eggs about future things. Yo, she's talking about Poetella. So many, like candy, I'm I'm happy to be just a a resident in Candy's world. And there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Candy's world. Uh, So let me ask you, because you mentioned earlier uh, that you are also, besides being a phenomenal wordsmith uh, and a martial arts (laughs) expert, you're an architect, uh, which is its Mm -hmm. own. uh, I read somewhere you you decided to be an architect because you wanted to like help rebuild New Orleans after Katrina. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it is kind of like its own form of art do you ever find that the different art forms that you work in like influence each other or are they completely compartmentalized like how is that for you um my paintings and my architecture kind of mesh together um my poetry doesn't really come into to it as much as like when i have like an idea of how i want someone to experience the, the space people would say that it sounds really poetic how I go through it. But as far as me actually having like a poem that influenced a building, um, mm. it's never, I've never been able to be like, you know what, this poem about um, civil rights would make an awesome house. Like I've never, <laughs> I've never been able to make that connection yet. I would love to make that connection because I think it would be extremely interesting. Like every time I see, um, a certain word, I make a right turn or something. I don't know. I have to like figure out some type of formula because mm. I think that would be extremely interesting. But um, yeah, I just I call myself just an artist. I just art. I just create things. I'm mm. a creator. I appreciate I appreciate that so much because it is you're using so many different facets of like what makes us people, you know, and creatives, and using it in so many ways. So. Uh, there's your next challenge. It's like, how can a poem create an architectural space? Mm-hmm. No, I know. I know you said you haven't really connected, but even just like this conversation kind of reminded me of like, even 
Nikki Giovanni with like her poem of like my house, right? And how even though she's not building a um a house, she's like telling you like what's inside her house. So. I mean, I've used poetry before and used a bunch of like building and house metaphors because mm-hmm. I'm I mean because it's in my head, so why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never. I, I, Architecture has informed my poetry, but poetry hasn't informed my architecture. I think that's mm. that's a good way to to put it. Like I've I've used t- terminology, um, how you construct a house, and like move that to like a poem. And what I would say in a poem, I've done that, but I haven't like reversed that polarity to where a poem is doing that for an actual building. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. So then, uh, let me ask you too, in terms of you know the poetry world and the journey. Like we talked about your marriage in the past year and everything that's like been going on. Like it's been a very emotional year, to say the very least, for you know, especially for like black and brown people. And like last June, you released uh, Lazaretto. Ding. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a collection of poems that you wrote. <laughs> Ding! There we go. <laughs> a collection of poems that you wrote during quarantine. Do you still find yourself kind of uh, writing uh, to try and process it all, uh, especially yes. given what's happened in the past few weeks? Yes, I've actually have my the second book done. Um, oh, tell us more. Well, oh. the second book is called Socially Distant. Um, I've, it's my second time, you know, it's my second continuation of the same idea, just me trying to process what's going on in quarantine, um, the news headlines that's been going on in quarantine, um, emotions that's been ar- arising. Um, like I have this one poem where I'm talking about, it was, um, a moment when I was using, um, a black woman's death as like a joke in order to bring um, attention to it. But I'm like, a black woman dying is not a joke. So I had mm-hmm. to like think about that emotion and put that into a poem. It's like a real short one, but you know, just like things like that that happened throughout quarantine since I wrote this book. Um, like me blocking my mother from calling me again. That you know, that's something new. So you know, that's in the in in the second book. So things that that happen uh, from since this book till now is in the second book, and I'm working on the third one because it's looking like we have a a few more months in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel. I I feel like I've always I've been like the Debbie Downer in my at work where I'm just like, mm, are we really going back to work? Are we? This is really gonna ever gonna be over. <laughs> Funny, my boss actually asked, um, you know, everyone at I'm meeting Tuesday if he wanted to come back to office because he was like, well, I could buy some office space again, so we, you know we can have an office because since we've been at home, he like let go of the office space because like, well, I'm paying rent there if everybody's at home. So he was like, I could get office space again, and then we all was like, huh, <laughs> um, leaving my house. To work? Yeah. Uh-uh. Why? Why? Why am I leaving my house to work again? Like it was like, mm-hmm. like now I'm used to my, like me just walking from my bedroom uh-huh. to, to this corner and then, you know, working in different locations in my house. So I could claim it as a tax return. Uh-huh. Um, 
Uh-huh. There's a beauty to, you know, coming down from your bedroom, putting on a, a, a getting a little cup of coffee and then answering emails without the mm-hmm. hassle of anything else that has to happen. I don't have to between. deal with traffic. You don't realize, no. like, I never realized how much traffic, the process of experience traffic um, rounds you up and makes you kind of tense, with, like just going mm-hmm. out on your normal day. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal mm-hmm. with clothes if you don't want to. Like, I actually have a poem about that because I went a while in quarantine where, like, I just was like, I'm not wearing clothes. And my boss was like, well, can you at least put on a shirt when you talk to me? Uh, (laughs) 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 Just like, I was like, every time I talked to him, I was like, just like this. I'm like, yes, how are you doing? He was like, all right. I can't see you. I can't see that you don't have on any clothes, but I could clearly tell that you don't have any clothes on. So (laughs) can you please just put on something? <laughs> it's valid. It's so valid. Uh even before before you know COVID happened, when I was when I had a corporate job, uh I, a lot of my work was from home. And it was just there is this beauty of working from home where you I I personally feel like you are far more productive in your environment than you are in an office space. So yeah, yeah. Let's not go back to that. Or the realization the that, that I'm go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> or I was just about to say the realization that we don't really need a nine to five, right? We don't really need to just be in the office nine to five just to do work. Yeah, yeah, you don't. I actually find myself that I work better at night. So I'll make mm-hmm. myself available like during the day in case somebody needs to collaborate with me online. And then I would, um, after five, like sit down, watch the news, and just be like working my brain so I would try to get sleepy. And mm-hmm. that actually works for me. And I think my brain is wired like that because of college. Because like, you know, in college, you actually like, you're in class, you know, from nine to five. And then after that, from five to whenever is when I was actually working on my architecture projects. So my brain is kind of preset to work on, on, archi- on architecture after 5 p.m. So the fact mm-hmm. that I've been trying to make myself create in the nine to five setting, just was not as conducive as it is now. Now I'm I'm rainbow creative and my my work looks so much better. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so valid to acknowledge that the the systems that have been put in place uh in terms of what we should be doing to be productive, what looks like a productive lifestyle, what looks like a healthy lifestyle are just uh systems that are actually holding us back because some of us work best like you said from 5 p.m. onward some of us work best from 4 in the morning till 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so finding finding the times where you are your best self uh, this for as much as much terrible things have happened in the past year because of this pandemic i think it has shown a light on the different ways that we can adapt and bend things and still be successful, productive, whatever word you want to put on it in terms of uh, the the workforce and the work culture that is out there in this country. You know, mm-hmm. so. Boom. <laughs> so I got, so sorry, that was my little soapbox. I'm done. <laughs> you sure? I mean, like, we can keep going now. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Well, uh, I I really appreciated this past mm-hmm. hour spending with you, getting to know you a little bit more, getting to know about your life, your work process, your history, um, your thoughts, and all of that. 
Um, so I can't thank you enough for it. I would uh, really appreciate it if you could close us out with one last poem. All right. No problem. So since we are in an actual apocalypse of sorts, I figure I would make a supply list. So, of course, you must pack a light. Must only take with us only what's important. So don't forget your pictures from high school. You know, the ones you used to write um, little things on the back. Your old poetry notebook, a picture of your mother, one of your sister, of all your brothers. Don't forget some comfortable shoes for running because you will probably be running from the zombies. Extra socks, some extra underwear, clothes that's easy to mix and match. Your grandfather's cufflinks. Believe your worry. You're just going to hell and back. Don't forget a mirror so that you don't forget what self-reflection looks like. Bring weapons, a katana, your sigh. Don't worry about bullets or guns. You'll hit up a local Walmart along the way for all those things. Origami, you'll worry it's a crane and let it fly out the window. Don't take the mix CD with your, do take the mix CD with your favorite slow jams. You'll find a CD player. Never mind. There's no such thing as a CD player anymore. So leave the CD. Pack light. So your Bible. I know you was thinking about taking it, but you probably should just burn it. God did not return like she promised, unless these zombies on the Trump train are really angels. And if that's the case, then the Bible lied about angels. Do take a Bell Hooks book, the Asada Shakur autobiography, Black Indian, the ISIS papers, hip hop revolution, the history of lynching, the Malcolm X biography, message to the people, water from the rock, the fire next time, let it burn, everything but my life, do take your notebook, a phone specifically for music, because remember, there are no more CDs, your degree, your degree deodorant, and your toothbrush. I never see people in the apocalypse brush their teeth, so I'm packing a fucking toothbrush, a crystal ball, a magic eight ball, because why not? You're leaving everything else behind. Don't worry. You'll be okay. As long as you don't forget to take yourself with you, you can't afford to lose you. You're valuable. Everybody watching, thank you. Akeem Olaj, everybody. So great to have you. Such great work. Uh, the love is in the chat. It's happening. Thank you, Akeem. Amen, etc., etc., etc. Thank you for sharing your work. Thank you for sharing your life with us. Um, I know we have it displayed on the screen in terms of where people can find you. But for anybody that's listening to the podcast afterwards, um, where can people find you? Where can people find your work? Where can people go, you know, buy your merch? Like, just tell us. Um, well, you could buy my merch. Um created a link on my website so you could just purchase directly from my website um all my books because i actually have three books um that i have this was like my last one um i'm going to be working on that this weekend because my manager got on me about it 
Um, so if you want, you know, if you want my book, you can also just send me a message on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Um, hit up my cash app. The books are $15. That includes shipping and handling. Um, excuse me. Um, I'm going to start doing weekly poetry shows again. Um, it's something I do when I'm about to release my book. I start reading poems that I've written this past year, um, like once a week, just leading up to my release to kind of build up. So that's about to start happening at the beginning of May. Um, catch me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, my website. Boom. Perfect. At Akeem Olaj on Instagram, at Akeem underscore Olaj on Twitter or www.akeemolaj.com. Makes it so easy. How uh, Lachelle wants to know, do tell, how can we get in on those? I assume Lachelle is talking about the the, we, the the poetry readings. Do you do those on your mm-hmm. Instagram, on Facebook, at some uh, special I- event? Um, I'm going to be doing them on my Zoom, and then I'm going to be streaming them, streaming them on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to be actually trying to holler at some poets, so I'm not doing it by myself, because um, last year I just did it by myself. So I'm going to be trying to contact some poets that either have books coming out or have um, something that, you know, that they're working on. So we could essentially try, try to do what you guys are doing, but just on a very just smaller Akeem large <laughs> level. Um, so that's going to be happening. I'm trying to plan that for May. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be something new. Perfect. Perfect. So make sure you follow Akeem on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and all of that. So you can, um, you know, get all the information and updates on that. Uh, Akeem, once more, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you, um, to those that watched because i know like you could have been doing anything for the past hour and 15 minutes than being here um i know there's plenty of other digital shows that you could have clicked on so thank you so much for your time i truly appreciate it it does not go unnoticed by me it's not forgotten by me i really do appreciate it believe it or not once i won iris i actually got less shows because people just automatically thought they could afford me so i take (laughs) i take all shows like with a grain of salt and with love so thank you so much awesome thank you thank you thank you so much which is to say y'all book akeem yes book akeem alaj okay (laughs) that was amazing that was that was a really I think poignant and necessary um, segment, you know, his words, his poetry, and just having a great conversation with him. It really is. You forget, like, there's some people who've been in this poetry slam, you know, um, world for so long, and they started so young, right? Um, And it's been great. (laughs) I feel like every time we bring in a new poet, I'm like... Oh, is this my old poetry? Like, <laughs> and it's and it's a wealth of knowledge and experience that clearly shows in in the caliber of work and in the outreach in the community. Um, so super, always super excited to just get a chance to like uplift and share the work. I just feel so. Uh, there's so much more work to be done. There always is. Yeah, there always really is. Um, That's how I feel about it. But 
we also need to appreciate and recognize the work that we've been doing and that we've mm-hmm. even though there is more i know and our, our feature next week does a lot of work uh but we'll say that in a moment let's thank <laughs> let's thank some people so that we can let everybody know who's coming next week uh let us thank the audience for tuning in as always y'all uh we appreciate you being here with us whether you're here live or whether you're listening to this afterwards um we do this live for a reason we believe you are an integral part of the conversation so thank you if you're tuning in live uh or even if you're tuning in afterwards and thank you to our production assistant dominique for taking care of all the technical stuff in the background and for chris conde who produced our theme music and if this is your first time like watching us or even like your 40th time watching um our episode right um definitely definitely give us a follow over here using our little banner um you can follow us on ig and twitter adwords and shh right so please subscribe um definitely go ahead and review us and like go ahead and and follow and get your friends to follow us as well be in the know. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, they are available on our YouTube. Um, please like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Um, or if you prefer the podcast world, I'm a podcaster. So you can totally find it wherever you get your podcast. Just search for words and shit. Um, but yes, coming up next week, an organizer, an advocate, a community uh, pioneer. Who do we have next week? Oh my goodness, another Southern Pride like fam person too. I feel like we've just been going back to back. I love it. I love it. Um, so coming next week, April 29th, um, is Heather Hero Wells. What? You yeah. don't know her, you'll get to know her on this so- so excited as speaking of someone who does so much for their community so yeah until next week y'all we only have a five i think five five more episodes before the end look lachelle's already excited for heather hero wells okay i we're we're geeking out too so uh, i think we only have five episodes in the season so um make sure you tune in make sure you tell your friends like subscribe rate review i don't know what else to say um Until next time, stay safe, y'all. Yeah. Bye, y'all.